What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quirtz Outside Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. And welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. we got UC Vegas 77 to go over UC London going down this Saturday. Uh, and then as well as a bunch of news, MMA boxing, both of them being in that uh, in that news section. I, honestly, I will admit, guys, news is going to take up a whole lot of the show. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, break into it. We're brought to you by two sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. RogueEnergy.com. Keep me fueled up. Keep me going throughout my day. No matter if I'm at the gym training or if I'm working at home, they keep me ready for anything. And they can keep you ready with code sound off a checkout for 10% off. However... Elixir, our other sponsors show the exact opposite. They'll keep you really high. They'll keep you, you know, enjoying your night. Personally, myself, I'm a big fan of their Delta 8, their, their, their HHC. Although they do have a whole bunch of other stuff as well as a whole bunch of ways you can go and take it from gummies to joints to, jo- to, to gels and so on and so forth. And same as Rogue Energy, code sound off for 10% off. Again, code sound off, RogueEnergyAndElixir.com. Angel, last Saturday night from the UC Apex, once again, UC Vegas 77 in the main event, women's bantamweights, Myra Bueno Silva scoring the upset win over Holly Holm, Ninja Choke, seconds in a round two, man. What do you think about this one? Very, very shocking, uh, very, very shocking loss, man. Ultimately, we said going into this one on the feet, Myra Bueno Silva, she may not be as good on the wrestling, she may not be as good. However, if she can get the fight and get in a position where her grappling can take over, she'll have a chance. And that's like what happened here. Mm-hmm. Man, no, you're not wrong, man. I think everybody's shocked that night at, at the betting odds, the, the the fans, the people, everybody on Twitter was surprised. But she could, what was she like, ranked 10, 11, somewhere around there? Mm-hmm. She made a massive jump in the division, which, look, for a young, for, for a young up and coming fighter, and now, obviously, not an established contender, you would imagine, right? Uh, I mean, this, this is awesome to see. You know, obviously, it's heartbreaking for Holly, but at some point, we got to move away from the old guard and bring in the new blood, you know? And, you know, it might hurt us and it might break us, who might break our hearts for us. We've been fans of her for a while now and have been watching her, you know, and her rise and her success. And even people who might be uh, a fan of her as far, as far back as her boxing career, not even just her MMA career. Uh, for Myra Buenasella, man, it, it's good to see there's this new young person who can bring uh, this level of excitement, right? And obviously a finish at that. Uh, like I said, it was a shock to me. Holly hadn't been submitted since her Misha Tate fight. Um, and look, I, I didn't think any submissions would occur. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess I forgot you could also submit people standing up. But even then, man, it wasn't, you know, I, I, even then, I, I, I don't know. It just wasn't a thought in my mind that it was something that was going to happen. But I guess it made sense with Holly's uh, kind of change of style where she's been clinching a lot against the cage and, you know, working there and a lot of clinch work. And, and I guess it made sense that that particular submission would happen in that scenario. Uh, nevertheless, though, I mean, Holly will still be around. She'll still find a lot of success, I'm sure. Because, like, I, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, man. I, I just, this division's kind of in a, in, in a rough spot, but not really. I mean, they just kind of have to... Kind of build an identity, get going, find a new champion, and and obviously these girls need to develop and and ideally I think we also need to find some newer talent in this division as well because you have some people who've been around a while. Man. I mean Juliana Raquel Pennington, I mean they've been here forever. Holly Holm, same. Irene Aldana at this point been around. Yana Santos as well. Obviously Misha Tate returning. You do have some new blood in there, some new blood in there with 
I don't remember DeBond doesn't fight at 135 mainly. She, she's mm-hmm. more of a 45er these days, but we don't even know if 45 is going to continue existing. But Norma DeBond, obviously, Josie Nunes, Chelsea Chandler, who we saw this past week as well. Uh, Kevin Vieira, who has kind of built, almost essentially built her most of her UFC career in the UFC and has looked pretty good. And on her best day, you kind of, you kind of imagine like what, you know, we don't, I don't feel like we've truly still seen her best either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of work to, to be done here. What direction they're going to go in, I really don't know. All I know is that I, I think, undisputedly, you do need to have Raquel Pennington in the title shot picture. Uh, outside of that, I mean, fuck, man, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't think they'll go Myra Buena Silva, Raquel Pennington title shot. I don't think that's the direction they want to go in, but who knows. Yeah, I mean, admittedly for the UFC, this is probably the worst result. Because um, obviously, you probably don't want a 42-year-old Holly Holm as your champion, but at the same time, you probably don't want a, a very unknown Myra Bueno Silva in a title fight. and They were probably banking on Holly winning this one, man, just because her star power. Because I don't think too many people really care that much about a potential Juliana Pena versus Raquel Pennington title fight or a potential Juliana Pena. Any any version of those three. I, I'd say Myra Bueno Silva, Rocky Pennington, and Juliana Pena. Some form of those three are going to be fighting in the next title fight. Admittedly, I don't think there's much interest from a lot of people for that, but you do have to give Myra Bueno Silva credit. I mean, she went out there, she got the win. She was a big underdog coming in there. I believe, like you said, ranked. Uh, she might have even been ranked outside the top seven. She might have been like eleven or something. Um, but she was, she was a very big underdog, and she she pulled off the win, man. I mean, you got to give her a lot of praise on the UFC side. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how things turn out from here, uh, because this this fight with Holly was a very good opportunity for them to kind of just. Sneak one by, sneak one by potential Juliana Pena or Raquel Pennington, who they probably didn't really want a title fight to begin with, and get a big name and a former champion in there. Um, but they didn't go down that way. Holly will be back. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva, I don't know if she'll get a title shot. I could see the UFC just rolling with Rocky and Juliana because they have, you know, like they're both well-known names, former champion, former title challenger. It makes sense. But at the same time, I don't know how much strong power that fight will have. So we'll have to, it, things, things are very, um, you know, we'll have to see how things turn out with the women's band and division. But, you know, you and I were talking kind of off air, um, and we kind of disagree about this. I think the women's band and division right now is in a bad place. But I think within a couple of months, once they actually start booking fights and things get back to normal, they could potentially get to, like, a good place. But for right now, it, it is admittedly pretty pretty rough, man. Um, <laughs> so... Nonetheless, though, um, in the co-main event, dude, Jack De La Maddalena actually got moved up. And, dude, Basil Hafez, who came in here on roughly a week's notice, man, gave him hell. In the end, Jack De La Maddalena still wins. He stays undefeated in the UFC. Uh, he wins by split decision. But it was an absolute war, fight of the night. And for Hafez, coming in here and impressing massively on short notice. What did you think about that one, man? I mean, look, it makes you kind of wonder. You know, I think some it's brought up some questions for Jack Delalena. But at the same time, you also have a guy who came in on short notice, has nothing to lose, is able to leave it all out there in the first round and, you know, and get, and get a huge win. But you also have Jack coming on from, you know, two weight cuts, opponent change, you know, different styles, you know, and obviously different styles, different kind of fighters, and all of that that affected the, you know, going into the fight and fight day. In the end, though, Jack still gets it done. I thought he won. Uh, it was a split decision. I don't think it should have been. I thought Jack did enough in the last two rounds to to win it for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless, though, it obviously does kind of open. You kind of wondering, and it, it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely good to see these these holes for for a fighter. And 
and kind of a question. And look, I, I didn't think Jack was 100% like ready to be in the top five. You know, I didn't see Jack fully there, but I, I saw him as this guy who was rising and coming up and with huge potential. And I wanted to continue to see him in these big name fights. And it looked like Sean Brady was the right next step. Uh, I know Sean Brady's looking at his lips after watching that fight though. So I wonder if they're going to rebook this one here in a few months or, or I don't know how long it'll be, but. Uh, you know, I think I think we're still due for a big Jack fight, and, and a fight that certainly tests them. And I think definitely that a uh, that Sean Brady fight could have either opened her eyes, could have continued to open her eyes, or if not, could have continued the this kind of train he's got going right now, this hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, so a couple of things there. Um, you 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 mentioned that it does bring up some questions, but it does bring up some questions. Obviously, I mean that was not a resounding win, which we've seen. I mean, Jack Delamontalane has barely been tested to this point in his UFC career. Um, I mean, he hasn't been tested. I mean, every single one of his fights has been just pure, pure demolition. So, um, for this one, I'm going to be honest with you, Angel. I'm, I'm, I don't take much stock in this fight. I think Hafez. I was actually more impressed with him than I felt disappointed by Jack Delamontalane. I was just, I thought that kid came in there on short notice and he gave it his all, and he went there and landed some big bombs. And I just, I came away more impressed because even that third round there, I thought Jack Delamontalane he was landing some huge shots. Oh, Other yeah. men would have gone down, um, but he did. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So, so I do think that it's more of a case of me just being more impressed by Hafez than anything else. And also, I think that obviously it's easy for people to look at it and be like, "Well, you know, Jack Delamontalena was scheduled to fight this guy, and he was scheduled to fight this guy, and you know, those guys were tougher opponents. Maybe he would have lost them." But I think, look, dude, this was his third opponent in three weeks, right? Like Sean Brady. And then Sean Brady got replaced by Josiah Harrell. And then Bafil uh, Hafez coming in here on show notes, obviously. He's had three opponents in three weeks. That's a mind fuck for the most savvy veterans. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is a, this is a 20, what, 25 year old, 26 year old kid who's still a prospect. So Isn't that scary? He's so young. He's already ranked. He looks this good. He shows this power. Like, mm. his ceiling is very, very high. And like I said, he still has, and I always like saying this, you know, he has a decade, over a decade left in the sport, you know? Exactly. That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. A decade and then some, I guess is probably the proper way to put it. Yeah, I mean he definitely has like a legitimate he's going to keep on improving. That's the fun part, is he's going to keep on improving. That much we know. Because um, even then, like he he started off his career 0 and two, dog. Like I don't know how many people who know that. Like he you know, it took him a while to find success and he stayed with it and I think Isn't that gonna, crazy? Yeah. He's gonna he be one of those facts, like years from now. Like he's just, just like how, uh, you know, what is it, Bernard Hopkins started off 0-1 or something. You know what I mean? You got to give him credit, man. A lot of people, when they came up after the first one, let alone the second one in a row, he got finished in both too, right? Which is even this is another crazy thing. I could be wrong about that. Um, I can pull – yeah, Jack Delamontalena got finished both fights. He got submitted, and then he got knocked out in the first round. But you know you know where those guys are at now? Not in the UFC. Exactly, because Jack Delamontalena, he is, though. He stayed with it. He got that dog in him. He's yeah. a real African champ, Josh. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's not even start. <laughs> Let's not even start. Uh, anyways, yeah. I mean, I was I was still happy to see him go ahead and pull off the win. Admittedly, this card, you know, um, what, what, what do you want to talk about, man? I mean, there were a couple of big highlight wins, a couple of big uh, big moments throughout the card. Which which ones do you most want to talk about, man? I mean, I think we could just go down one, Josh. Francisco Prada beating Advin Azaitar. What was in the bag? Uh... 
This could surprise me. I mean, at 21 years, I, I had seen him. He was scheduled to fight, uh, or he did fight earlier this year. And he had a hell of a fight, a tough fight against Jamie Malarkey, which is a tough assignment for any guy coming into UFC, let alone a 21, 20 year old fighter. Uh, and he just turned 21 like a month ago. Yeah, I just saw him thing. Fighting an Amina Zaitar who, I mean, we've seen how good he can be. Multiple first round finishes, punches, kicks, overhands, you know, name it. Uh, and he's, you know, and he's, and he's been into UFC now a little bit, right? And obviously he had time taken away because of the whole, what was in the bag situation, you know? Still yeah. don't know what was in the bag. Still no clue. And he had this young Argentinian 21 year old. And you know, as far as Argentinian talent in the UFC, we haven't had a lot in, and the few that we've had is, you know, like, you know, highlights Santiago Ponzinibbio's look great. Uh, but outside of that, you know, there hasn't been many, many other guys or gals. And this guy comes in. And like I said, he's so young and does what he does on that night against an ominous Zaitar who at one point in time you're thinking, okay, this guy is pretty good. He could, he could potentially be a rec fighter one day. Um, you know, he comes from Morocco. And to lose like that, I mean, I was just in shock, Josh. I mean, I, I don't know if it was, you know, the time away. Maybe Ottman was just a little off. I don't know what it was, but he made Francisco Prado look very good. Yeah, I was very shocked by that one, man. I mean, Ottman Azatar, I mean, his only – he lost to Matt Favola, I believe, um, his last time out. But outside of that, he'd never lost before. He was like 13-1. And to be fair, the kid he was facing is the real deal. I mean, do you know anything about this kid? I don't know a lot about his, I don't know about a lot about his background, but I had seen him. I, I had seen – like I knew of him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he, we, should, we should keep an eye on this kid. You know, if, I mean, he lost his debut to Jamie Malarkey, but Jamie Malarkey's a – you know, he's no, he's no slouch. And this, this kid's only 21 years old. You know, born he was born in two thousand and two, Angel. So, uh, Francisco Prado is a bad man. Uh, I was pretty shocked to see that, nonetheless, though. I mean, I was very surprised to see Ottoman Azatar go ahead and go down like that. Um, rest of the card, man. I mean, Park Young Young picked up a win over Albert Duryev. Norman Dumont defeated Chelsea Chandler and created a instant meme. Because I mean, Chelsea Chandler. I mean, you know, <laughs> don't be scared, homie. You know, like she. It was pretty funny seeing her turn her back. I mean, what do you what, that whole that whole fight, man? What'd you think? I mean, it was a tactical retreat, Josh. I can't hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was not. Yeah, she wasn't surrendering. It was a tactical retreat. So, it was a, it was a, she was just getting her bearings, and then she, you know, she's coming back too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Didn't she post something about DC too? Like she posted a DC thing because DC called her out on her or something. Yeah, yeah. Like she she had a good sense of humor about the whole the whole situation. Granted, though, I will say it was very different scenarios because DC had gotten fully rocked and leg, got the leg kicked out of underneath him. You know, it was it was very different than Chelsea Chandler's situation. But I don't know, man. I've never, I, yeah, I've never seen somebody turn around to run like that, like Brock versus Kane, straight <laughs> up. I've never seen. I mean, that was a straight sprint. So I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it literally went like, oh, just fucking. She tried to put the burners on her, but I mean, Norman Dumont still caught up at the end. Yeah, right. But it was it was fun seeing this because they built a nice little over the weekend beef, which I don't even know where this came from. It just beefed know. at the weigh-ins, like it just kind of happened. I don't I don't know what happened. No, I don't know what happened either. I mean, I guess it was from what I heard. They, I guess they previously trained together, and then um, I guess like she mentioned, I guess Chelsea Chandler said something about the training, and Norma Dumont was pretty unhappy about that. So I guess that's basically what happened. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Chelsea Chandler's having a bad, having a bad time. I, I didn't, re- I, I saw that she put up one post, and now I'm seeing the one about you that she posted about DC. That's kind of like a uh, interesting this is, decision. This was it. It was a little dig. I think one was fighting John Jones, the other one was fighting Norma Dumont. But you know, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Nonetheless, uh, Terrence McKinney, he came up short uh, against Nazim over the weekend. You know, I've seen a lot of people taking their time to kick down on Terrence McKinney, uh, and they're being like, you know, what happened? He fell off so hard. I'm not even one that likes to remember that like Terrence McKinney is still like in his twenties and like <laughs> like still improving and so on and so forth. Like, mm-hmm. like what do you what, what do you think about that? Because I'm seeing a lot of people kind of shit on this kid. They're saying like, well, what do you think about his ultimately recent performances? Like, this is his second one in a row. I mean, look for the Nazim one, a little unfortunate, right? The cage grabs are actually a thing that made that situation a little sour too, right? Yeah. Um, not gonna get crazy into that. Obviously, the loss is the loss. Get it? Frustrating, right? The fight should have probably gone a different. Potentially could have gone a different direction if that didn't happen. I mean, the Ismail Bonfim one. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, Ismail was just that good. He came in, and gave a hell of a performance. I think that guy still has a very high skill. So you know, he took a loss too recently. I mean, man, it just goes to show the level, man. And this is MMA. You know, there's so many ways to lose. But you know, you know, you're not wrong. He started out strong. I mean, he had a win over ranked, now ranked Matt for both a second. What is it? Eighth fastest UFC knockout. After that, I fought Farazim, who also was a guy who kind of had a little, you know, had some pretty high uh, regard behind him. Uh, you know, he's coming to UC 9-2, picked up two wins out of that, coming off the Luigi Vendermini win. <laughs> I don't know if people remember that name still. <laughs> and uh, he went into Terrence McKinney fight, and then Terrence did his thing, a first-round knockout. And then he took that fight against Drew Dober on short notice. It looked so good, but it was short notice. And then it ended up losing. I mean, look, we're not that far away from uh, Terrence McKinney, who could have been ranked. He bounced back from that. I think it's just been, uh, it's been a little bit unfortunate. There's been some mistakes. He's learning. Yeah. I mean, he just has to figure out how to put it all together, I think, because he has a skill set. He has a talent. He has a wrestling background. He has power. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're not always going to get these guys out in the first round. Uh, I mean, if you go look at his topology, I mean, he's never seen the third round in his whole time of being a professional fighter. Um, not even as an amateur. So that's another thing. And I don't even know, we don't even know how he looks late in the second and, you know, you know, at the start of the third. There's a lot of questions like that still going. I mean, he's definitely a talented kid. There's just, there's a lot going. And also he, he's very outspoken. He'll talk, he'll give his opinion. He's also very realistic with himself too, I think. And, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy who, because he puts himself out there, maybe a lot of people attack him. And he, and he's a good kid, man. I, he has a good story, and I think he has a lot of talent and potential still. Just give him some time. Maybe he'll get it together. Or maybe he won't. I don't know. Yeah, I think – I don't know, man. I, I just genuinely think, like, he's – I mean, he, he's in his 20s, dude. Like, you know, two losses in a row. Like, I just don't understand why – I think it's like a I, – I've only seen this happen within the last few years. I don't think it's like a new fan thing, just like instantly riding somebody off. Because it's like – Sometimes people would do that back in the day, but it would take, like, three or four. Like, two, I've never seen, like, somebody get written off. Like, some of these new fighters get, like, one or two fights, and it's like, dog, if you lose one of them, you're uh, fucking out of here, man. So, you um, bitch ass out of here. Exactly. So, nonetheless, man, I mean, looking up and down the prelims, man, I mean, Tyson Nam, the oldest flyweight on the roster, suffering a loss, that sucked to see. Um, dude, low-key, Ashley Evans-Smith, uh, she probably just ended her UFC run with a loss to Eileen Perez, who, off topic, seems like a lot of fun based on her post-fight interview. But Ashley Evans-Smith, who, dude, she's been in the UFC for 10 years now. 
And that's fucking crazy to me. Across ten years, she's only had like eight fights. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you think about her about her coming up short and and the highlight of the weekend opening up the the car? Fuck, that was rough, man. But I I I knew pretty well this is probably gonna happen. Yeah, that's and also I think she's fine. She has other career endeavors she's gone into, which you you can be feel free to you know find out what those are. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean. I wasn't surprised at all, but hey, Ashley Owen Smith, I mean, she probably just wrapped up the most low-key, long UFC tenure of all time. I mean, 10 years. I would have never, I mean, I forgot she was on the roster throughout most of that time. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, but she fought, she last fought in 2020 against Norman Dumont, she lost. Dude, she it lost. Been three, almost three years, holy She fuck. hasn't fought, she hasn't won a fight in five years, and there's nobody on the UFC roster. She's not beaten, I don't Maybe think... We should rematch back of Rawlings, dude, in BKFC. Wouldn't that be a banger? I'd watch it. Right? I'd watch it. That's about it, though. Um, anyways, man, yeah, I think that's about all my thoughts on the card. Any, any closing thoughts on this one before we go ahead and move on? Oh, man, dude. We, did you talk about Estella Nunes' injury? Dude, fucking devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Nana, obviously, because, uh, like, she hasn't had the best UFC run, right? You know, she's, yeah. she's lost. Pretty much every fight she's had. I mean, actually, she's lost every fight she's had at UFC ever since coming over from one. Um, and it's been it's just been rough, man. You know, uh, she was Yasmin Howard's second fight, and now she was helping debut this other girl, Victoria Dudukakova. Mm-hmm. And she gets fucking injured the way she does, man. I mean, it, it, look, it was back. You know, she she was back, and everything was put back in the right place, but in the same day, but it's just shitty, you know. And uh, I mean. I think the UFC probably gave her one more, maybe, no. maybe one more if they really like, just because she didn't get the chance to even fight and prove herself in that one. But I mean, she'll probably be cut very soon. Uh, what is this guy's name? This guy has, a, I heard it pronounced on the broadcast. Yeah. Melikis, Melkilt? What is his name? Mel? I heard him say it on the guy's, Mel, Costa. Melk, Melikas Costa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't say his name. I heard him say it on the broadcast. I even try to remember it just to say it specifically. God, he looks so good against Austin Lingo. I actually had a lot of interest coming uh, whenever he made his UFC debut, but my only thing was he was fighting Thiago Moises, and it was up a weight class. I don't think it was on short notice. It might have been on relative short notice. I don't know. But uh, he, he he's, he's just a guy who I think I have a lot of interest in. He, he has a very high skill ceiling, a lot of potential. We saw it on that night. Uh, obviously, Austin Lingo, a fucking dog, hard to get out of there, man. Couldn't finish him. He tried his fucking best and wasn't able to get him out of there. But definitely some uh, potential there. And I don't know if – did you mention our boy Az, Azza Muxcom? Muxcom? No, go ahead and take the lead on that one. Against, uh, against Tyson, uh, obviously undefeated guy coming in. Had the split decision. Was a close fight. But, hey, man, new flightweight contender in the picture. Nice to see you. A new face in the mix. 28 years old. So hopefully we see him here get the ball rolling. For sure, man. For sure. Um, overall, what do you think about this card? Rank it out of ten. I mean, I'd give it probably like a solid six. I mean, not, six, not great, yeah, but you know. six. Yeah, I think yeah, six is actually a very fair score. Five and a half, six. Yeah, it's about what I feel. But five point you know, seven five. You know. Yeah. Admittedly, I don't think you know. I, I'm excited for this weekend's card. I don't think it's like that. It's not as good as I want it to be. 
for for a card uh, that's in U that's UFC London. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, I mean, I mean for a London card, you they're missing their major London guys. You know, they're missing Patty. Obviously, they got Molly, they got Tom, which are good, but they don't got Patty on it, and they don't got Leon Edwards, just another person. Uh, I mean, those are people who I think like if you have a London card, I feel like you got to have one of those two guys at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I, I mean, mean, I mean, shit, but Patty might be out till next year. We haven't even talked about that. I know, I know that's kind of like a little off topic right oh, now. Oh, no, 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 you're good. I mean, well, Patty, the thing about Patty is, is he fucked up his ankle in that fight with Jared Gordon. Um, and I did not, I mean, I'm not a huge Patty Pimble fan, but I thought people kind of, I didn't like his response to the fight, but I also thought people kind of gave him way too much slack because he hurt his ankle early, early on in the first round. So he was basically fighting with one leg in there anyway. So, I mean, um, but yeah, I mean he's he's expected to be out potentially until 2024. I think he even addressed his. I think he might even address that he was gonna not be getting so big between fights too. Yeah, he said that he's done having 8,000 calorie days when he's out of camp. Holy fuck! I can't even imagine eating 8,000 calories. Well, I, I think he realized too. He probably had like a legitimate de- eating disorder, which obviously this is just pure speculation. But I've heard fighters talk about this before, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, you you." You know, through fighting and weight cutting, you de- you begin to develop a fucking de- eating disorder, which is no fucking joke. Which I mean, is it's an actual thing, um, mm. and not and obviously I don't know. I'm not a, not a fucking expert, you know. I don't know all of this, but I'm I'm very pretty sure he probably had this to the extent where he's going from being really really fit to very very big, and obviously just as a general health thing and a longevity thing, you probably don't want to do. So it's actually very nice to hear that he's actually deciding to take on this health choice. Uh, and make a change. Obviously, will it actually stick through? We don't know that yet, but I think it's a good, it's the right direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, in, in, I think we should probably go and redirect just to the actual fight card itself, but one last thing I did, I actually want to go ahead and say about Patty. Um, that thing that, like, about him, like, having 8,000 calorie days, it's just like, I'm very intrigued to see what he what he actually does look like if he does start taking it seriously. Like I think if he actually starts to take his his cutting seriously, his weight seriously, his training, I think like Patty Pimblett, if he actually gives it his all, can be a potential ranked guy. It's just if he actually stays yeah. dedicated, I guess. I think his skill um, ceiling is still like his full on skill ceiling is fully untapped still potentially. Like we don't even, I don't even think we've seen Patty as his best, and I think he's probably had his best moments. At times, maybe in Cage Warriors, there's probably a, f- a few fights where we did see it, but I don't think even then we 100% saw the best possible Patty Pimblet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And before we go move on, I said that I can't imagine having eating 8,000 calories in a day. That's a lie, Angel. I don't have to imagine. <laughs> it's just like, I, give me, I give already me, do give that. Me, give me a big Delta 8 edible. From elixir.com, code sound off, and give me some Taco Bell, and it's over. You know, <laughs> surprised what I could do. You'd be surprised if those volcano tacos have been doing to me. <laughs> Jesus, have you had another one since then? I know this is a little off topic once again, but it's. Uh... I've, I mean, I don't. Yeah, of course I have, dude. I fucking. I mean, look, I, I've I've always I'm... been very straight up about this on the show. There, there's only a couple of brands that I actually like, and Taco Bell is one of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> God, dude, no, I fucking – I've wanted to go, but I went, I told you how they fucked up my one order that one time, and at a spot, I haven't been back since. Dude, you you, you got you got bad experience once, and you just held a held uh, grudge. Oh, it's just because every t- – you know, I, they fucked up a little bit last time I went, and then this time they fucked up again, and I'm like, you know something? I just got 
I got so pissed, I'm like, I'm not going to do it, so I went to Chipotle. Fair enough, man, fair enough. And, I mean, and hang on, the bright side, Chipotle will light, light your ass on fire, too. Someone, so. someone, told, someone tried to argue with me that fucking Taco Bell is healthier than Chipotle. Well, I mean, obviously Chipotle is healthier than Taco Bell, but I feel is, – is Chipotle, like, that much better for you than Taco no, Bell? No, that's what I'm, I mean, great. This is also the same that I made. I mean, I'm, like, also saying it's not also – it's not like that big of a fucking difference, but I'm like in comparison, I want to believe to an extent though the ingredients of Chipotle are somewhat healthier and better than those of a fucking Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I, I, I do. I don't understand. I don't. I don't fucking. I love me some Taco Bell, but I've never once ever thought like, damn, like this is a healthy, this is a healthy option that I'm doing right now, you know, like, (laughs) never made any sense to me, but, um, yeah, man, I think we should probably move on because, uh, moving on from Patty Pimblett and Taco Bell talk, uh, to UC London. You know what's funny? Some people would say those are the two things I never thought about hearing in a sentence together, but those are two things I've thought about hearing in a sentence together. Oh, yeah. Patty Pimblett and Taco Bell go together like just fucking peanut butter and jelly, dude. Like, you're telling me that Patty's not a big Taco Bell fan? I I bet I I bet me, I sit down with Patty Pimblett. I bet I'm like, hey, Patty, what's your Taco Bell order? And he's like, I think they had him try Taco Bell for the first time in the States. Like, they had him try like a crush Yeah. Loved it. You're damn, yeah, because it's fucking, you know, Liv Moss, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's not going to live Moss if he keeps eating like that, though. (laughs) Hey, well, that's the trade-off you make with Taco Bell. I'm here for, I'm not here for a long time, Angel. I'm here for a good time with my fucking quesarito, okay? Uh, but anyways, man, yeah, in the main event of UC London at the O2 Arena, Tom Aspinall marching Tybor, Tom Aspinall back, uh, almost a year to the day from his knee injury that he suffered against Curtis Blades, his first UFC loss by TK, taking on marching Tybor, a long time, long time mainstay in the heavyweight division. Um, very consistent top 10 guy coming off two wins, Blagoy even off, and Alexander Romanov. He will now look to upset Tom Aspinall in his home country. What do you think about this fight, man? I'm very excited to see Tom Aspinall back, and very excited to see if he can go ahead and get back on, uh, get some momentum back, I mean. Uh, I mean, look, this is very simple. If Tom Aspinall is still that guy he was after he got injured, and he, and he you know, he continues where he left off, he should be Marcin Tybero, no fucking issues, finish, submission, whatever it may be. Uh, I don't think we'll get a decision to this one out of Tom Aspinall over Marcin Tybero. Now, for Marcin Tybero, I mean, he's a very good guy. We've seen, though, he struggles against the ranked guys at the higher echelon, you know, the uh, Gustav Sakai, even the Shamils, the guys who've been near the bottom and or now are at the bottom. And uh, and look, he's a tough out for anybody. He'll beat all the other heavyweights. So he'll, he'll get wins on them. But when it comes to showing up for the big dance against the big names, he's falling short. And it's very likely that'll happen again against Tom Aspinall. Granted, though, like I'm saying, he's a tough guy. We could see him potentially getting the upset one here in England in front of a big crowd. I mean, it's set up for him if he's if he's ready to make this big moment. But it's also, like I'm saying, if Tom Aspinall left off where he was at, this is Tom Aspinall's all day, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. I think we've seen Marching, marching Tybora uh, throughout his UFC career. Like he mentioned, when he steps through the top level, he falters. Now, he's had moments where he's kind of broken through. You know, and he surprised us, but I'd say that's mostly been pretty correct. Uh, so I'm going to take Tom Aspinall as well. I think he's just going to get back on, um, get back on, get back on top of things, get some momentum back, and we'll see, man. I'm I'm very interested to see if Tom Aspinall, because it's clear that the 
UFC views him very highly. Like, I even saw, like, recently Dana was talking about in an interview. He was like, you know, we'll see if John Jones stays around for the CFA fight. Because, like, could you imagine John Jones versus Tom Aspinall in London? You know, like, he just said that straight, just like, nobody even had, like, he didn't, he brought Tom Aspinall into the conversation. I was like, oh, okay. Like, they view him that highly. Okay. You know, like, um, so they clearly view him as an inroads back into the UK, same along, like, alongside Leon Edwards, but even more so, you know. Man, so, a card uh, with both of those guys in the O2, dude, and then Patty, like, is the third fight below. I mean, that's a big-ass fucking card, a great page of too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. We will see. But, um, I do think he's going to go ahead and get a, get a big win. Co-main event. It's a banger. Let's be fucking honest. If, if, yeah. if, 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 if Juliana Storienko shows up against Molly McCann, this is a fucking great women's fight. They could potentially, they could potentially make a fight of the year. I mean, I know that's putting a lot of pressure on them, but you know, I, I, yeah, I, I would be like, it has a lot of pressure, Angel. I mean, fight No, of but the they, year. but they could if they show up, if they show up, because we've seen, we've seen you, and, and a lot of people won't notice, because they haven't seen it, but we saw her fight at the local scene, and we saw the fucking war she put on and invict them, man. Yeah, I mean, Julia Stolyarenko, that fight with Lisa Versosa, um, is the greatest fight nobody's ever seen. I mean, you and I and like, you know, probably like a thousand people watching online and like 300 people in the arena saw it, but like. Come on, a thousand people online, Josh, cause that's very realistic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nobody saw that fight, but that fight is the great. Dude, Lisa Versosa came out of that fight, like, looking like a horror movie victim. Like, if she's only fought like once since then. Dude, I remember, I like, I was about to leave a little earlier, like, just cause, uh, we we were going to go get food because we hadn't ate all day. I yeah. was there with our, our, one of our friends. And, uh, dude, we had to stop. Like, we stopped at the end of the tunnel to turn around and watch it from the tunnel because they were still going. And we were like, oh, shit. Well, dude, I've talked about it. They, they bled so much. I walked by the cage on the way out, and I just smelled pennies. Like, it was, it was, it, it, it was so much blood in that fight. And, yeah, and look, I know I'm putting it out there, and, look, it, it could happen, it couldn't happen, but... I think the perfect dance partner for that, for something like that to happen again, is Molly McCann, man. You know what I mean? Uh, the one thing is, and the one worry for me for Georgia Strahanko is, dude, this will be her third fight in four, I think, like four different weight classes or three different weight classes. Like she's fought a different, had a different weight in her last three fights. Mm-hmm. Jessica, against Jessica Rose Clark, 135 bantamweight, she went in at 136. Against Chelsea Chandler, they did a catch weight at 140. And then she is now making the weight, I'm guessing the change in weight to fly of eight at 125. And we've seen her scare at making a weight before. And that was, uh, she was only trying to make a, what was she trying to make against that girl before she, when she passed that? They were just trying to make 135. And that was scary. So I don't know how 125 is going to go. Maybe there were some issues in that camp. Maybe some travel or whatever it may be, but uh, that's a little worrisome, at least for me personally. Granted, though, I'm sure she had to get it approved by the PI because I mean they've told fighters before in the past, hey, you have to change the weight that you're fighting at because you're having serious issues. Like it's been a thing that the UFC has addressed before. So I'm assuming things are all well, but regardless, Josh, my pick is still Molly McCann for the mm. win. Also, this is a weird co-main event because you have. Andre Muniz, Paul Craig on this main card. Nathaniel Wood, Andre Feely, because that you could arguably put there as well, and they're not. So, just saying, I think those people also had a merit and potential option to be there. Maybe even Mark the Casey, Joel Alvarez, underrated pick in my opinion that could have been in that slot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so a couple, a couple of quick thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I do believe, actually, like, I'm on fully, I don't know about a fight of the year, but I think if Julia Stillier can make the weight, she's very entertaining. I think she's been um, one of my, I mean, she's not, let me be clear here, she's not very good. Like, she's not going to, I don't think she'll ever be ranked in the UFC. Like, she might, this might be her last UFC fight, but I think she is fun as fuck to watch fight. Um, and I think Molly McCann, like like you said, she's a perfect dance partner. These two should put on a fun fight if it happens. Um because I don't know if we said it before. I, we keep on saying if it happens. Julie Silarenko, like, you know, you kind of highlighted, missed weight. But not just missed weight. Like, she's had, like, two fights where it's like she's been on the scale and she's just, like, shaking because she, she can't, like, compose herself. And she just cuts so much weight. She literally can't stay. Like, she passed out once. Like, she's had a rough time cutting weight. So, yeah, I mean, if she can make it there, it'll be fun. But the question is, will she be able to make it there? So, Nonetheless, man, um, the rest of this UFC London card, admittedly, is it worse than their recent offerings? Yes, it's much worse than their recent offerings, especially if you're considering the fact that there's a pay-per-view, and then obviously, whenever the pandemic ended, they went went out and just were having some huge, huge fights. But, um, nonetheless, I mean, looking up and down, there are a couple of really fun fights. I mean, you got a featherweight, Nathaniel Wood. Taking on Andre Feely, that should be a banger down at 145. At middleweight, I'm very intrigued to see Andre Muniz back for the first time since his first UFC loss to Brendan Allen. Taking on Paul Craig, who is moving down from light heavyweight, coming in, coming into the fight off a two-fight losing streak. And for a minute there, it looked like Paul Craig was going to potentially come come on as like a potential title challenger. Uh, I'm interested to see him at 35 years old moving down to middleweight. I'm surprised by that decision. Interested to see how it turns out. Angel, what do you think about Paul Craig moving on down? I mean, it's a big weight change, man. I mean, that's that's a lot of weight that he'll be losing from 205. And a big – I mean, it's a lifestyle change, too, to continue to want to make the change to 185 and continue, I'm guessing, going forward, fighting at 185. Granted, though, by the way, Andre Meniz, Paul Craig, is probably the best matchup they could have made for Paul Craig at 185, right? I mean, like, who else would you... You're like Adolfo Vieira, right? But, I mean, I think Andre Muniz was definitely the right choice here, and I'm really happy with the matchmaking they did here. Um, but, granted, he still has other issues. I mean, God, I mean, Josh, we saw in his last one, I mean, his striking is non-exist. You know what I mean? It's it's not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he doesn't even have a, even a bit to say could get him by. And, look, for a while there, he found a lot of, a lot of success. I mean, he had... What was it? A four or five win streak there for a little bit. Even got the win over Nikita Krylov. And we've seen how Krylov's done since then. Uh, I guess it was just people making not smart decisions against him and him finding success. But then we saw how, you know, how he looked in the Vulcan fight and in the Johnny Walker fight. And it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a level here and we're kind of seeing it. And he did get by. But I mean, I mean, it's a good point, Josh. You're not going to see a lot of guys get submitted from bottom in modern MMA. And that's something he's done. A I mean, he's gone away and done it and has a very well job at it. But at the bigger weight classes, I think it's one of the few where you can see it, especially because a lot of the time, those guys, you don't see a lot of heavily grappler-based fight styles at 205 or heavyweight. So I think that's another reason he had the success he did have, even if it was sort of short-lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and you mentioned like I'm I'm excited to see this fight. It's basically gonna be a grappling match. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh between Paul Craig and Andre Muniz. 
I'm excited to see the styles clash. I'm not surprised necessarily that Paul Craig had a lot of issues when he hit the top. Um, I just don't think going to middleweight is the answer. Uh, but in terms of a fight, I'm excited for this one. I'm very excited for this one. I do think this fun match is for him. It's just, you know, it, I, I would have not moved down, especially at 35. It, you know, uh, things don't look great for Paul Craig, but we'll see what happens. No, I can't see how he looks. He might yeah, look good. Yeah, and you can't come out, count him out, especially after his recent kind of run. So, nonetheless, I mean, Jai Herbert is back against Vera Zayam. That should be fun. David Grant's back. Danny Rob. I mean, they got all the U.K. guys that you would basically expect here on the prelims. Mark Jacasey versus Joel Alvarez is going to be a banger. Banger. Ba-ba-ba-banger. Ba-ba-ba-banger. I mean, you got Caitlin Vieira, Piani Kinzad should be fun. Brian Barbarena, Mahmoud Muradov are going to go out there and swing and swing and swing. Uh, any fights I've not highlighted that you're most looking forward to on Saturday? My oh, man, Lerone Murphy, Josh Josh Kalebao is a banger. Opening up the main card, must see. I think those guys are perfectly placed where they're at. Uh, did you highlight Brian Barbarena versus Mahmoud Muradov? I mean, that's another banger there. Curious to see yeah. if Mahmoud's ever to bounce back and kind of continue building a a win streak, kind of where he left off. Obviously, yeah, rough outing against Jarrell Mershard. Against Gerald Mershaw, and then obviously Cal Barrelio, we've seen his talents. Uh, you know, we definitely still need a, a, a new faces at 185, so it'd be interesting if Mahmoud's able to get it done here and kind of build up. We got to talk about, uh, is it uh, Shauna Bannon, man? You, uh, you know, coming out of Ireland, she was just recently signed, has a bit tension behind her. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot too much about her, but she's a new contender, and, you know, she fought in Invicta for quite a while. She had like three, like two or three Invicta fights under her belt. Uh, had a long average career, fought in the fucking IMFA, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm talking about. The junior yeah. MMA, essentially, what the kind of the, the new Amory thing that they, a lot of fighters take do internationally. So, I'm curious to see how she does. Uh, and then another one, Josh. Chris Duncan versus Janelle Ashmouse. This guy came in last year. And, or no, it was earlier this year, my bad, against Sam Peterson. It knocked the fuck out of him. It was a scary knockout. Uh, I don't. People, I, I reckon people will watch that back, that one back, because, fuck, man, that that was terrifying. And then Chris Duncan. I mean, he looked great his last time out uh, against Amar Malice. He looked like a mature fighter, an intelligent fighter. Maybe not a crazy finish or anything like that, but you saw that he did what he had to do to get the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a very talented guy. Very, very talented guy uh, coming up in the lightweight division. We'll go and see what he does on Saturday. I mean, this overall, I mean, star power is maybe not exactly there. Um, like like we mentioned, Patty Pimblet, a couple other guys. But it's better. Been, it's but, better than last week, and I feel like it falls somewhere in between a strong apex card and a very good pay per view. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's about how I feel too. That's it's not pay per view level, and it's not apex card quality. It's somewhere above, in between that, and I think that's a pretty good place to be in, man. I agree, man. I agree. But that being said, we do have a lot, a lot of news to go ahead and talk about, man. Uh, because the first one, and I, I'd say the most important one, is Jamal Hill is no longer the UFC's light heavyweight champion. What? No way, Josh. He was playing a, ba- a basketball game. He ruptured his Achilles. And he, he, funnily enough, he's getting Kobe's former doctor who prepared his Achilles to go ahead and, I guess, uh, prepare his. So, nonetheless, uh, yeah, man, I mean, Jamal Hill is no longer UFC light heavyweight champion. There is no UFC light heavyweight champion. 
there's a lot of potential people it could be, you know. Um, obviously, the biggest the biggest one, John Bohovich and Alex Bahia, they are fighting next week, my man. Uh, a lot of people speculate that have, might have a title added to it. As of now, we don't know anything. But what is your instant uh, reaction to Jamal Hill? More than anything, right, devastating, right? Never want some outside thing affecting your, you know, your fight career, especially just your professional career overall. And an injury like this, man, is, is devastating. I mean, it's probably one of the worst things that could happen to any athlete, right? Uh, him, you know, there's a good chance he might come back and it might never, it might never be the same. You know what I mean? And obviously, uh, basketball and, and, and football and all of that and soccer are very different sports than MMA and kind of the way that part of the body is used. But it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take away from, from how much, you know, it, it's hurting, you know. Um, as far as the division itself, and I mean, look, regardless, we know Yuri Prohaska is there. I don't think it's actually that hard of a situation. I think if you're not going to make an interim towel between Jan Blahovic and Alex Bahia, and then that guy fights uh, Yuri, then you have Yuri and Magomed Ankalaev right there. And if you don't want to do Ankalaev, you wait for one of these guys to fight, and they get the title shot against uh Against uh, Prochaska, because no matter what year he's gonna fight for the title, so I, I think they're they're not in a bad place. And then for Jamal, I think he was also told him that no matter what, when he would come back, he would get a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and dude, just light heavyweight. I mean, John Jones must have put a fucking hex on the belt when he left, dude. Um, because just, I mean, you had the draw back in December between Jan and Magomedov. Magomedov, who I guess just disappeared after that after that fight. Um, I mean, damn, dude. I mean, light heavyweight's in a bad spot right now. I thought obviously Jamal Hill will probably return to a title shot, whatever that is, but, I mean, Achilles' issues are pretty fucking bad, so I don't think he'll be back for a while. And in regards to this situation, like, I don't think Jan, like, they said Jan not, but last day I might get a title shot. Like, I, like, I don't think they should, but, like, there's no, I guess, there's no good answer right now. Like I said, no matter what, you have Yuri. I think Yuri, no matter what, is in that title picture. You just need to find who's going to be the the person across the cage. And you got, like I said, and you got two or three guys there as options. It's just a matter of how you want them to play out or what direction you want to take, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is there is multiple options. There's a lot of avenues, like a Magomed. Personally, me, I, I'd book Magomed Ankalai versus Yuri, um, you know, to, for, for the vacant title. I think that's what makes a lot of sense. Because Yuri was coming back anyway. Yuri was shocked to go ahead and fight Jamal. So, and I think Magomed Ankalaev probably deserved that whenever yawned back in December anyway. So I don't... But at the same time, like, like if they went and did yawn Alex and they they threw a title on the line for that, like, I wouldn't be mad. Like, right. or at least no... They, you know, an interim title or whatever, and then they they do a actual title fight against Yuri. Yeah, and ultimately there is no good answer, so I guess it's just you know. By the way, two hundred five has just had injuries, man, because it's Jamal Hill, Yiri, uh, Alexander Rockich. I think there was uh, Anthony Smith too at one point. I mean, they they they've been through the run. I think even Ryan Spann might have been dealing with an injury at some point. Oh, uh, yeah, no, dude, two hundred five has just been through the the mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean. That's kind of what I was saying, though. Like, John Jones, he, like, put a hex on the belt, bro. Like, <laughs> He's like, ain't out of y'all touching this until I come back for it. Exactly. I mean, just issue after issue, not even just in the championship picture. Like, it's other stuff. So, 
Um, it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's but there's spice to make. I feel like no matter there what, is, like, there, are, like, there is good answers for them. It's just, will yeah. you see? They, they, the, like, like I said, I think recently, like, well, I think I said it just last week, actually, about Pantoja and Moreno, like that, like, in, the easy thing for them to do would be to go ahead and just, you know, rerun that fight. And they could, and I don't think a lot of people would complain, but it's like, or they could put in some effort and they can make some things happen, which could be a lot of fun. It's something new. I trust that the UC will probably go with the easiest decision, which is probably Jan Alex. But we're running out of time for them to go and announce that, so I don't know. But. I mean, they could do it the day of. I mean, they would just, it's just a matter of those guys making championship weight on the day of. And agreeing to five rounds instead of three. Yes, that's the other thing as well. But. I'm sure they probably both agree anyway. I mean, it's UFC title fight, but uh, anyways, man. Um, this is Could you imagine, the- Josh? No, I don't want to fight for the title. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'd be pretty surprised, but um, weird things have happened, man. But um, anyways, I think this is actually what we forgot to talk about. It's it's pretty wholesome though, so I feel like th- I, I had to throw it in there because he talked about it. He gave more like in depth, uh, like he talked about it. I mean, uh, Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, and John Jones have squashed the beef, Angel. They've squashed the beef. During international fight week, they met up. They they you know they had some conversation. They had fun, and then um, and then later, Israel Adesanya talked about. It, and he's like, "Yeah, we're actually going to train together." I mean, what do you think about? I mean, a surprisingly peaceful end to a rivalry in MMA that basically never happens. I mean, good for them, right? Like, I I guess it's. I mean, they were never going to fight. Now, I mean, John moved up to heavyweight. Izzy had a lot of stuff to do at 185 still. I mean, the likely, and you know, they were probably never going to ever fight. I think the only way they probably could have fought would have been if basically would have won the title against Blahovich. But even then, I don't think it would have been a 100% thing. And I guess maybe they just, they met and everything kind of just worked out. It's kind of a, I guess a nice, wholesome thing. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, it is pretty cool to see just... I guess it's just, it's just it's just wholesome because you know admittedly I'm somebody who uh, I've taken a I've taken big aim at John Jones and I think deservedly show I think everybody you know has a has a right to feel about some of the has a has a has the right to feel a certain type of way about some of the things he's done right that's how I feel about it um, I do think you know he he seemingly squashed the beef with DC DC said like we don't have to get together and have like a big conversation but yeah like we pretty much we're on all right terms with one another he squashed the beef with. You know, Izzy, it took some time, but maybe John Jones really grew up, you know? Like, I'll give him props. Like, he, he's trying, he's trying, I feel like he'll, like, do, like you said, he'll do good for a while, do a lot of good things, and then he'll fuck up. And who knows, maybe this could be a continuation of that, but at least, as of recently, and for a little bit while now, it's been looking good, but granted, it hasn't been that far removed since the whole situation at, in Vegas either, so there's still a lot of the time, and John Jones is probably going to be around for a while, no matter what. Maybe not even yeah. fighting, but just in in the world. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Um, anyways, I think we should go ahead and move on because, dude, Conor McGregor, he finally got one. He got one. Angel Conor McGregor won a fight. Cue the fucking fireworks. Cue the I celebration. I need to clear that address. He didn't win a fight in the cage himself, but he won a fight on the Ultimate Fighter as far as one of his fighters getting a win. Let's not get people too rattled up either, you know? Okay, fine, 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 fine. Let me be, let me be clear here. Conor McGregor's team won a fight. <laughs> they will not be, 
you know, they, he, they did not make history. He will not be the first coach in, in Ultimate Fighter history to have his team go winless. Um, gets a knockout win. The last possible fight, man. What do you think? Good, man. They needed one. And, and, uh, it came from a guy who really didn't get that much attention this season, which is kind of awesome to see, right? Uh, you, there's always one or two guys who don't get highlighted a lot during the season. And, uh, who, you know, maybe, or at least at early on in the season, maybe later on they do because, you know, they stick around and they get fights. But he was definitely one of the, Rico was definitely one of those guys that I don't even remember up until this fight. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, next week we'll get all the matchups and dance. We'll see who he's fighting. Uh, I, I guess they're calling for that Timor fight, which, I mean, that's a hell of a fight for him. Hopefully they put on a great show. This past fight was a banger, though. I mean, let's say it. I mean, that was probably the best fight they've had. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think. Cause it, and it's funny because Connor's guy won and it made it, it made it the best fight. But outside of that, like, regard, you know, excusing that as well, the fight itself was very good. Yeah, it was a legitimately good fight. And seeing Connor celebrate afterwards like he just won the Super Bowl, I was legitimately happy. I was like, you know, good for you, Connor. You know, like, he, he ate a lot of shit over the season. So, um,. And, and hopefully, him. hopefully Rico can continue winning, right? Just to be like, yeah, you know, no, everybody doubted me, you know, every, you know, all of this, all of that. And look, I'm going to beat Team, you know, and I'm assuming he's going to fight Timor because it's kind of like the fight that got hit in a lot too. Uh, which I mean, yeah. that's, that's a hard ass fight regardless. But like I said, hopefully he's able to continue just for the sake of his story, right? Not so much the sake of Connor and Connor's team, but for himself, right? Uh, but dude, kind of sad, right? Like now these vet guys. Jason Knight, uh, uh, and I'm fucking Jason Knight's the one I always remember, but he, I can't believe it. Austin Hubbard, uh, just to name a few, you know, they're all gonna have to, Brad Katona, they're all gonna have to fight against each other now, man, you know, which is kind of sad because they, they've been kind of a strong team, they've been supporting each other, they're all vets, they get it, and they understand, like, and I'm sure no matter what, the OC will probably bring some of these guys back, not all of them. But I think it'll, you know, definitely, you know, bring some, and especially like a guy like Jason Knight who had such a strong start to his career and then had a fall off and then fight, you know, fought in BKFC, fought in, uh, uh, was it, uh, I think Jorge Masvidal's a bare knuckle MMA promotion, I think. Could be wrong about that. You know, it'd be kind of cool to see him kind of come back around and, and maybe find some success, some success at this point in his career. Uh, and, and granted, like I said, in, there's, in, there's a lot of storylines going into it. Like I said, we mentioned Rico. We got Brad Catone. Obviously, that's a whole story of itself. Being a former tough winner, potentially being the first two-time tough winner, and uh, obviously being one of Connor's boys. Uh, and then, like I already mentioned, Jason Knight, him, you know, coming back and his whole story. Austin Hubbard, just you know, cool guy. And is, is it Austin Hubbard who's still who's the, who's the fighter dealing with the injury, Josh? I, I keep forgetting his name. I believe it's Austin Hubbard. I can't, I, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It's Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard's a point, but regardless, no. You know, everybody, everybody going into the into this part into the semifinal has something on the line, has some some sort of story. So I think there, you know, regardless of the season, regardless of what you think about it, there there's a reason to watch at this point in time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because all these guys have something on the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to the rest of the season, kind of moving forward, man, um, I'm very intrigued to see. Uh, where, how is, let me rephrase, how far Connor's guy is gonna go? Um, obviously you mentioned the team war fight and a couple of other ones happening that are gonna be happening later on in the season, man. Um, I generally think that I was very impressed with Rico, man. I was very, very impressed with him pulling off the win. I'm interested to see how the dynamic, like, above all else, outside of like the fights themselves, cause like, 
you know. Well, I don't know they're, if they're going to keep most of these guys anyway. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. When it comes to, like, winning the Ultimate Fighter, it's kind of like, eh. Like, I want to see how these guys train. How, I want to see their personality. I want to see, like, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Because these guys are almost all going to stay around anyway. Yeah, but, I think I think it'll be a lot less than what we think, but I, I think uh, they're definitely pick, will pick some. You know what I mean? I think if anything, they probably already had their eyes on some of these guys, but maybe they didn't want to bring all of them in, and maybe the Ultimate Fighter was the perfect way to bring some of them in. I'd be willing uh, to bet. I'd be willing to bet that's exactly what happened. And on, but, and, on, yeah. and on top of that, it'll weed out the ones they do want and the ones they don't want. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's sad because you'd love to see all these guys back because they're all so good. And no matter what, they'll always be on the backbone. Like, maybe they don't come now with this wave of the first guys who are winning. They could come down the line on a short-notice fight and make it back to the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in regard to that, I think most of these guys, like you went and mentioned, like, they're probably going to go ahead and be on the um, – like, the, I don't want to say most of these guys. Let me go ahead and rephrase. I think, like you mentioned, like, a lot of these guys, they probably had their eye on anyway. Uh, so I think they're probably going to come in regardless. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be, like, all of them. But I'd say probably, like, I mean, I could see them. I, mean, I think they're going to end up signing Rico. I could even see Lee Hammond getting a fight on the finale because he's Connor's boy. I think Jason Nye's probably going to come back. He's been getting a lot of airtime, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, I mean, there's going to be multiple guys coming out season. So in terms of the fights themselves, it's not that big of a deal for me personally, but I am interested mm-hmm. to see how the dynamics are moving forward, especially with training. You know? Also, dude, the, the final fight is going to be a banger, right? Like, I feel like these guys are so good. They're they're vets, obviously, and what they're fighting for, we'll see that translate into the octagon whenever the finale is, because you, you just know they're going to be dogs, dude. I mean, that's I think that's the one thing. And like I said, we're heading in that direction where I think all these fights that are coming up are going to be fucking bangers. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the guys they have on this season. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, nonetheless, I do think we should go ahead and move on. Um, because, speaking of big stars, we talked about Conor McGregor, his, his return to the UFC, obviously not fighting, but return to kind of the UFC as a whole, was this kind of ultimate fighter show. It did not go entirely as well as he'd hoped, although things are turning around for him. Angel, I gotta ask, are you, are you down for a Ronda Rousey UFC return? Because last week there were there were a bunch of rumors that were just coming on about. I mean, obviously we've we've known for a while that things have been there's been murmurs here and there. I mean, her WWE contract is expiring later this year. I mean, Chelsea Chandler said at the media day that Ronda Rousey that she heard she was potentially returning at 145. Are are you down for this, man? I mean, obviously, it's kind of like a big. We don't know a whole lot right now. We don't know if it'll happen, so on and so forth. And they've shut it down a little bit too, right? Like there's been certain reports saying that it's not true, but at the same time, just the fact that it's been kind of put out there, you know, it's you know there has to be there's a reason it started, you know, right? There has to be. Yeah, these things don't just pop up out of nowhere. I mean, the only person I've seen uh, shoot it down was Eric Holani, who said that there's been no discussions for an imminent fight right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's another thing. That's the reason I'm not like, I don't want us to be too, like, I don't want people getting too excited about it. But it'd be cool, man. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Ronda back in the sport? I mean, I know it wouldn't be for that long, but for their short time, she would be. And I mean, dude, she's going to bring eyes, she's going to bring attention, she's going to bring fans. There is no reason why we shouldn't be, we couldn't be excited about Ronda potentially coming back, you know, or if she were to come back. I just don't yeah. think she'll want to do it. I think she's, she's at peace with everything. I agree. I agree. I don't think she'll do it, but I do think there's a higher 
chance than people think of her potentially coming back at UFC 300, like a one-off fight. Maybe. I've always thought that's potentially possible. Coming back for a full run, I don't think it'll happen. A some one-off, Brock, some Brock Lesnar type shit, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, imagine, the- dude, if they did like the old promos, could you imagine just like it's just like Ronda coming out of the darkness? You yeah, know? <laughs> I'm surprised more people haven't like speculated about that. Like UFC 300 is coming up. Why? Like, have people not put two and two together on this one? Like, I feel like I feel like I don't know if it will happen. But with all the rumors happening and who, UFC 300 I mean, I guess, coming up. I guess it wouldn't like, matter who she'd fight, right? I guess I was kind of wondering that, but it wouldn't really matter, right? It's Ronda. No, no, it wouldn't. But even then, there's multiple – because, because like, mo- a lot of people from her era are still around. It's like there's multiple Jay? options. Misha, Holly, um, I believe – there's somebody else I can't remember who's still on the UFC Ross. There's, there's, like, one or two more. Sarah McMahon, I think. Mm-hmm. He's, she's still around. Um, Sarah Kaufman, I believe, is with PFL now. But yeah, I mean, there's there's other most of the people from Ronda's era are still active. So there's there's people there that she has a history with. So uh, yeah, a UC 300 like one off fight. Like I, I could see that happening. You know, I'm not saying it will, but you know, putting putting two and two together, like putting smoke with fire, and the fact that they they probably want a big one off like they had for Brock. It's like I don't know. We'll see though. Um, next up. Michael Venom Page, Angel. We haven't seen MVP in quite a while. Uh, to be Since clear, Mike Perry by it. Yeah, correct. Since his um, loss to Mike Perry, actually, never mind. He beat Goichi actually in March. Oh, he did. Oh, then we haven't seen him since his KSI uh, cameo. Yeah, right. So he he defeated Goichi Yamaguchi. He destroyed his knee in March. Uh, but apparently he said on the MMA Hour that that was his last fight with Bellator. He is currently a free agent, and Angel MVP is already on the UFC's website, and so is AJ McKay and Pitbull. Are they going to buy up Bellator, Angel? You could only hope, man. You could only hope. <laughs> Regardless, though, to talk about MVP, because he is like, we know 100% he doesn't have a home right now. I mean, dude, how does the UFC not sign him, right? He needs to, right? I mean, if it's not going to be one, if it's not karate combat, you know, if it's not, I, I don't think that, I don't think he would go to the PFL. I mean, you, the, the UFC, I mean, this guy is way too entertaining to not potentially bring in. And I mean, a Wonder Boy fight is like the, it's a match made in heaven. It wouldn't, you already have his first opponent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if Wonder Boy is coming off a win or a five, you know, three loss streak. That's a banger of a matchup. Stylistically, those those guys are great together. Uh, and obviously, there's still a lot left in the in the tank for MVP. So, yeah. Well, and I'm seeing some people like there's still some people who like are like you know MVP is a can crusher and he's this and he's that. It's like, you know, I, I'm not going to try and speak to those people uh, because I like MVP has always been in that weird space. But like Bellator, just their welterweight division has always had like some talent, but not it's not been as deep as some of their other ones. You know. Um, but he's beaten some big names, you know, Paul Daly, David Rickles, Cyborg Santos, you know, uh, Douglas Lima, Derek Anderson, Gucci, like he's beaten some really good guys. And like you mentioned, that Wonder Boy fight, man, UC, please, I am, dude, I am begging the UC to prove me wrong. Like, Josh, I, I talk, Josh is on his hands and knees right now. Dude, I'm like, please, like, cause I talk so much shit about the UC. I say like. They never get any big free agents. They never do this. They never do that. Dude, 
fucking please prove me wrong. Like, Josh please has, sign MVP. Josh please has sign to zipper down and everything, dude. He's committed to the bit. I'm like that guy from the Fire Festival, dude. Did you ever watch the Fire Festival documentary? No. What? You don't know about that? No, I know about the Fire Festival. No, I know about the Fire Festival, but I don't know about what the fuck. There's there's a there's a Fire Festival documentary I want to say on Netflix where they talk to this guy who's like an executive. He's like this gay. He's like this 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 older gay dude, and I nice. guess like uh, I guess like they ask him like, "Would you suck?" Like he's like, "Would you like?" <laughs> okay. Okay, hold on. <laughs> you had to bring yourself to me. It's okay, Josh. I'm here for you. So, okay. It was, it was Andy King. I'm, I'm up here like Andy King, who was prepared to suck dick to get water at the fire festival to make sure yeah. that the people had water. He offered to suck dick, so I'm I'm Andy King down there, dog. I'm Dude, what, back a, what a dog, by the way. He was willing to fucking do that. To Dude, Andy King had that dog in him. And and luckily he didn't have to have that dog in him, if you know what I'm saying. But he was down for the cause. Jesus, <laughs> I'm down for the cause too. You see, please prove me wrong. Sign Michael Venom Page. Go out, do something fun, please. Um, but I expect he'll end up in one championship or something or PFL. Uh, I don't think he'll sign with with UFC. I th- I think probably either Bellator or. Maybe BKFC potential. I just don't think the UFC's on the table. You think he could resign with Bellator? Says that right now he's a. But I think he didn't. He say he wanted to test the the market out. Like he actually wanted to like. But I guess that actually means looking at your options, right? More than anything. Yeah, he said he's gonna go and uh, look around. That's basically what he said. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I I think the UFC should definitely go for it. Uh, But if he does end up in one or in fucking PFL, I mean, I still check him out and look, he'll have a successful career. Yeah. For sure, man. For sure. Um, I do, th- but you know, one one last thing on it because I mentioned the Bellator uh, profile showing up on on the UFC's like uh, website. People lost their minds, dude. And then I, I put up a post like, you know, Sexy Ama's back in the UFC. You know, like <laughs> Sexy Ama was on there. And then I saw Jose Casenko was on there. You know, and so is Hongman Choi. Angel, are we gonna get the rematch between <laughs> Jose Casenko and Hongman Choi in the UFC? Um, yeah, I mean, guys, just don't take the UFC's website seriously. You know, like, just, just I'd recommend just do that. Just don't, just don't take it seriously, guys. Because uh, I saw a lot of news outlets reporting that. And even I was like, come on, guys, fucking be better, you know? Like, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, man, um, Angel, I gotta ask. We got Conor Riggers Notorious, right? We got his big documentary. We are now getting at At Home with the Furies. It's a Netflix television show about Tyson Fury, Tommy Fury, John Fury, um, and the whole, the whole, the whole thing. I will ask now, as I've done previously, what is your excitement level for At Home with the Furies, which we'll be releasing later this year? Like a seven, seven and a half, I'd say. You're actually excited for it? Yeah, like a, uh, maybe I'll go lower than that, like a six and a half to a seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll watch it. I just saw that it came out. Like they just announced this this morning, which is why it got included in the rundown. Um, which I, you know, good for Tyson, I guess. You know, good for them. Uh, I don't think it's going to help either either him or Tommy with the type of fan response they've been getting lately. A lot of people have been bashing him because you know, Tommy. You know, who, he said he wanted to be like a real boxing star. Now, 
fighting, you know, Jake and KSI, although I would do the same thing. Um, and now Tyson's fighting Francis. I, I'm sure that a lot of people would probably be pissed off, take some shots at them over this, but, uh, I mean, good, good for them, man. Get good, good to get paid. I'll probably watch it. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, we'll review it. We'll review it for you guys. We'll review it. We'll, we'll watch it so you don't have to. <laughs> right. Uh, nonetheless, man, we got, this, this is our last, this is our last piece of the day, man. Misfits, which we need to go and mention a little bit last week just to go ahead and talk about the kind of situation going on with the zone and Kingpin. Well, Kingpin was last weekend. We got to see my girl Barbie pick up a big win for his, for my money. Barbie's the greatest boxer of all time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, we got Misfits this weekend. They're back with their survival tag, survivor tag. There's another tag team fight. There's Anthony Taylor versus Paul Bamba, Alan Belcher, Hasim Rockman. Um, what do you think about this card, man? It's uh, I complained about it a bit last week. I mean, there's there's like a very few select things to look forward to, but it's obviously, dude. I mean, the, that's the one sad thing about these cards, you know. Without the big, massive names, for the most part, it takes way of, away from uh, it a little bit, you know. Unless you have like the KSIs, you know, the Wasabi, you know, like you have like some of those big names headline. It is kind of like just you know, eh, not that interesting. I think for the most part. You know, I think I'll, I'll still check it out because I am interested in, like, a few of the ones. But, like I said, there's a select few, but it really isn't that, you know, there's not too much to look forward to in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot there, man. I mean, I, I don't like these taxi match. I think they should have just made a fucking wrestling company if that's what they wanted to do, you know. Because right. um, I, I think a one-off every once in a while is, is, is actually pretty fun. I have no problem with that. But, like, half of the car, like, they got... The main and the co-main are both tag team fights. It's like, and I'm, I mean, yeah. and the big thing, the other reason why I think we should watch it, they always do an announcement like after the card ends. Yeah. So potentially we'll get an announcement on JJ's opponent and you know who he's fighting or whatever. Yeah. Which I, I mean, the heavy rumor has been Tommy Fury, which holy shit, right? Yeah. Uh, granted, though, I mean, we won't know that. We don't know what else they're gonna do, and they, I think they need to announce. The, they were originally gonna do an event in Berlin. Which was going to be Misfit Series Nine, and you know there's been a lot of delays, a lot of shit that's happened since then. So I'm curious what's going to happen there. So I don't know. There, I feel like there's still a good reason to check it out. But I think we need to talk a little bit about Misfits, Josh, a little bit more because this. And I, I think we didn't mention it. This almost this card almost didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Uh, I don't. Did we actually talk about this, Josh? I actually don't remember. I don't think we talked about it. Uh, do you? Do you care to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you're the one that I have brought it up, so. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were going to get Okay. Well, regardless. Well, Kingpin <laughs> was picked up by DAZN, uh to do their whole broadcasting thing. They, they essentially brought the show back. They made it go on. Uh, so I guess DAZN now owns the Kingpin promotion, just like they own the Misfit. I don't know. Regardless, yeah, I mean, they have, you know, they're streaming it. They're assisting them in some capacity. We're going to get the tournament. And, uh. Overall, Josh, I mean, we gotta talk about the the card itself a little bit. I don't I don't know if we put this on the rundown because we did mention it last week. What are your thoughts, man? How'd you, how'd you feel coming out of this card and potentially some matchups after this Kingpin tournament and maybe even going forward? Yeah, I went ahead and let you take the lead there just because I'm not. I, I'll be straight up. Like we talked about it briefly last week. We really don't have any more details on like does the zone own Kingpin right now? Are they just providing financial be- benefits for that one card? Are they going to be with them sticking forward? Like, we have basically no answers still. 
so I was hoping you knew some more of that I don't. But no, apparently we just we just don't know anything. But yeah, I mean, in regards to the fights themselves, man, I mean, um, dude, King Kenny, I was very very impressed by his just dominate dominating win, man. He was, looked was, very uh, good, didn't he? Yeah, he looked he great. I mean, he's a guy that like I admittedly did not like King Kenny. Like I, I just straight up did not like him. He had multiple fights like to start influencer boxing, which were just straight up robberies that he won. Um, and it, one of them was even overturned if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. like, dude, like he's stayed in the gym, he stayed working, and now he's making sure that these are not even close. I mean, Winston Nunes had some heart out there. He landed some big shots. He was always moving forward. He got he got wrecked. Uh, Gibb picking up a win over Jarvis, that was pretty impressive, man. I thought it was a pretty entertaining fight. That was probably, like, the most professional, you may not agree with me, that's probably, that was probably, like, the most professional-looking influencer boxing match I've seen, Gibb versus Jarvis. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of, uh, odd things, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there's always, like, certain little things that happen, or things that get thrown, you know what I mean? There's some sort of awkwardness or something that just does, makes it seem like a much lower level. You're not wrong. Uh, but great, it's a give, right? He looked good. Uh, I just think the physicality was too much for Jarvis. Jarvis is very good, very young, has a lot of the time. I just don't think Jarvis had enough boxing skill to outweigh the physicality and the boxing skill Gibb has at this time for him to win that fight. But Jarvis still looked good, and I think he had his moments. I think in the the in fighting exchanges looked great, but in the outside boxing range and, and the outside uh, outside boxing and distance fighting, uh, Gibb looked very good. It's just, and even, and he had his moments as far as the infighting and, uh, obviously pressuring him, throwing the elbow, you know, throwing his shoulder into him against, uh, you know, making him weigh on him, you know, using that, that physicality he has over Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And in regards to the rest of the, the rest of the card, um, Julie Polka versus Barbie going to be the next fight. I mean, that's a banger, right? Like I gotta I'm give those guys. Very over. excited for that one. Um, Julie Polka. I mean, I didn't. I did not know her before this. I mean, I mean, actually, I didn't know anybody before this. To be completely frank with you, um, most of these people. But like, I did, I had no idea who Julie Polka is. Huge fan now. I mean, she went out there and just landed some huge bombs. And then I obviously got to shout out Barbie. I mean, come on. I mean, the 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 emo the emo fucking you know the goth makeup not even going away during the fight I mean that's awesome man you know like she's got a whole character going I'm I like that I I like that some of these some of these influencers are kind of like taking it to the next level you know what I mean mm-hmm. what do you think about that as the next fight I mean it's a banger like I said it's a banger there I think they match up very well both Brooks sisters now out also saying they're not gonna fight in the losers bracket they're not gonna box each other which I mean, I kind of shitty honestly it kind of was because. And not like I was really hoping somehow they would both be able to pull through and they could actually end up eating in the finale because that'd be pretty cool. And I, w- I would have been curious to see as, as sisters how much they were willing to put out there against them. I'm, sure, I'm sure they would have gone all the way. But uh, we, ended, we didn't end up getting that. And they're not going to fight each other on the loser's bracket end either. So it is what it is, man. I, I can't hate on them. Uh, a, li- a little disappointed in L man, but uh, she's a lot shorter. She's fighting up a little bit. She's fighting up a weight class. Uh, she was always going to have a tough time and I think she even said that like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like lose some weight, go back to where I was at. She's like, I, I'm tired of weighing, you know, weighing around 140 or making this weight cut kind of 140. So, and she even hated it going professional. I mean, I think look with how the level, no offense, the level of women's fighting is, and and combat as a whole, you know, it isn't it isn't really unrealistic for one of these girls to transition to professional boxing if they do find some success. I think in uh, mm-hmm. 
in in the influencer, which is which is funny to say because we would really never really say that about the guys, but about the girls, I think I could actually see one of them. I'm not saying one of them stands out to me, but uh, you know, if one of them were to build up a lot of success and win a lot of fights, you know, I don't think a transition over seems completely unrealistic to some extent. Because I mean, dude, there's a lot of female boxers out there with massive records that we don't know, and they'll finally you know fight someone of some caliber <laughs> of some caliber, and they don't have any success. Yeah, well, that's the thing about women's boxing. It's like women's boxing at the top level actually is very, very good. But it's past like the top ten of any division. It's basically it falls off a cliff. Like you can look up records of like um, I was I had to do like a piece for Shadiz the Green recently, like just like a like an announcement post for like because she got added to Jake Paul's undercard, and like I was looking through her record, and like the fight before her most recent fight, she fought some girl who was like eight and four, and it was like a world title fight, and it's like you know. Like, what the fuck? There's just, there's just no, there's no, like, there's no depth. Like the top five, I, top ten was too nice. Top five of every division is not bad, but it's like below that, it's just struggles, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next with Kingpin. I'm excited to see the, the, the final fights. King Kenny versus Gibb is an incredible fight. Excited to see that one. Julie Polka versus Barbie. I'm, I'm pulling hard for Barbie, you know, just because, you know, my, I've said it before last time, but like, I've tried to get my girlfriend into fighting, and to be fair, she likes, she likes MMA a fair bit. Like, she'll watch, like, I'll be watching on the couch, she'll sit down and watch a fight with me if it's somebody that she likes, you know? But like, she's never given a shit about boxing. Does she have a favorite fighter? I never even asked her. Uh, yeah, she's always, she's been a, a huge, uh, she, because, uh, she started watching right around, I got her to get into it, whenever Maz would all, was having his run. And, uh, so she watched like UC 239. And watch. I, I, I'm. It's a, it's a whole story. But like I told the story before. But like UFC 239, I got I got my girlfriend to sit now fiance to go ahead and sit down and watch the card with me. And um, I was telling her about how Ben Askren. Ben Askren. He's like, oh, you know, he's this monster. He's like 19 and 0. Mm-hmm. He's this incredible wrestler. And then he's like, what about this this other guy, Jorge Masvidal? I was like, oh, that guy. You know, he's good, but he's older. He's gonna he's gonna get d- demolished. And I wasn't even looking, I didn't even see the knockout. I was looking down at my phone, and I just hear my girlfriend scream to my left, and fucking Ben Askren's out cold on the canvas. <laughs> and she brings it up at least once a month to this day. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, but to redirect it, it's like for... What, a, what have, a good card, though, right, to get into the... Because that was a banger of a card. Yeah, that was John Jones and Tiago Santos in the main event. So, yep. yeah, that was a banger card, too, so... Yeah, I've, I've tried it. I've tried it. She, she sat down and no, does not give a fuck about boxing. Never cared about boxing. But then fucking, she sees that Barbie's fighting. She's just like, oh my god, I gotta see. Oh my god, is she doing well? Like, oh my god, like just, just losing her shit. Uh, and I'm a Barbie fan too, so you know it is what it is. Uh, I I keep on I keep on saying Barbie. You know, I'm sure people just, I, out of context, they must be thinking I'm just really excited for the movie. You know, like Oppenheimer. <laughs> Barbenheimer, you know, like, <laughs> anyways, man, um, any closing thoughts though? Anything before we go and close out of here, man? Uh, fuck. I mean, that, dang, that's our last topic already. Man, yeah. we flew through this, man. Uh, I mean, regardless, um, I mean, I'm excited to come back next week. Uh, we have a pay-per-view coming up soon. So, I mean, already, man, right? Like it's, it hasn't even been that long and we're already getting a pay-per-view again. You see 291, man. I just, I'm just ready for that fucking that night, dude. I'm excited. The the main event, the co-main. I know we're I know we're not there yet, but it's it's so far, and I just I wanted to be that week, man. You know what I mean? 
You know how, like, you just have, like, floating, like, just, you know, you have a brain. You have, like, floating thoughts. A thought will just randomly pop into your head. Last night I was just sitting on my couch playing GTA, and I was like, oh, my God. Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje fight in 10 days. Like, it's just, right. it was like, it was like, oh, my God, what the, holy shit, you know? Like, just, I got so excited. So, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm pretty hyped, too. I mean, plus, I mean, maybe another title fight. Potentially being added on there, you know, depending on how things go. Number number one contender, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, we'll see, we'll see. But um, in terms of the show, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys have been enjoying the content. We've been trying really hard to go ahead and uh, make sure there's tons of clips and obviously a podcast that comes out every Friday. Um, and hope you guys enjoyed. I'm at Josh Shevinov on Twitter. He's at Angel or Takeout Score O One or at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. We also have accounts on Threads and just about everywhere else where you can find social media pages, uh, Instagram as well. So feel free to go and follow us wherever you want. And hope you guys enjoy the show. Feel free to go and give us a subscribe, a like, peace, and butt grease. Mouse click. Oh.